And that's how theme song goes. Hey there, welcome back to the Constitutionals Podcast. If you didn't know, I'm your host, Chad White, and this is the premier podcast for the website, youtube.com. Nope, for seaplusscomedy.com. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with me. Uh, I guess it's because I just got done watching. Actually, you know, I can talk about this right now. Cobra Kai on YouTube. It's a wonderful show. It's the first YouTube Red show that I've actually sat down to watch. So it's it's insane that I'm actually even watching it. But Cobra Kai was picked up for a second season. And I started watching it because uh, comedian Jimmy Pardo was talking about it on his podcast, Never Not Funny and he had nothing but praise to say for it. Uh, <laughs> for some reason, it is ca- classified as a comedy drama. I don't know why that is such. It's uh, barely a comedy. <laughs> it's barely funny, but I really enjoy everything about it. Uh, I've never seen, I've only seen the first Karate Kid, and I've seen the most recent Karate Kid with Jaden Smith. Like That came out, I think, maybe 10 years ago at this time? At this point, sorry, uh, but it's a uh, but, and then I've never seen the other two, the middle two, Karate Kid Part Two and Karate Kid Number Three with the girl, where the girl is starring. Uh, but it's a it's a great show. It's got the a lot of the regular, the, a lot of the regular. The only two guys to come back, Ralph Macchio and uh, Billy Zabka, uh, who are who have just aged ever so ever gracefully, ever so gracefully. Uh, and you know, it's really it's strange because I started watching the show right before I went to California and it is uh, I, I've never seen I haven't seen Ralph Macchio or Billy Zapka since apparently Ralph Macchio was in Hitchcock oh my gosh and I wait no never mind that is the wrong movie I'm thinking about that's the Alfred Hitchcock film the biographical drama I did not know he was in that one either that's one with Anthony Hopkins and Amy Hopkins what else was he in uh Crossroads oh look at him he was in Crossroads that's 1986 and Psych the movie? <laughs> Psych had a movie edited. Ugly Betty? Oh, cool. Oh, wow. I should watch Ugly Betty. He was in 11 episodes. And How You Met Your Mother? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. So it was great that he was in uh, that. He was also on Kevin Can Wait, which got Kevin Can canceled. <laughs> uh, Billy Zavka. No, I'm just very happy that show was canceled. Uh, <laughs> Billy Zavka. Let's see. After the Karate Kid Part 2, he had a career. A lot of a lot of movies that I have not heard of. What is Dark Descent? Land Speed. Most Smiley Face. Oh, he's in Smiley Face. I, re- I know that movie because I watched that movie. I did not like it. Uh, <laughs> Hot Tub Time Machine, which I did like. ER, The Equalizer. I was in ER once. Equalizer. Oh, good for him. Okay, anyway, uh, Cobra Kai follows, uh, it's 34 years, uh, and, and Billy Zabka's character, Johnny, is down in his luck. He uh, he, o- he reopens Cobra Kai, the, the fighting studio, what's it called, Karate Studio, and then uh, uh, Daniel Russo f- uh, finds out, and he's mad, and then unbeknownst to Daniel, he starts training Johnny's son, and then unbeknownst to Johnny and Daniel, um, Johnny's new underling starts dating uh, Daniel's daughter, and then it all comes to a head in episode nine of the season. <laughs> I've, uh, I got, I've only watched up to episode nine, but episode 10 is going to hopefully rock my socks because there's one there's one one scene in episode nine where one of the girls, uh, one of the uh, main girls, she gave a front wedgie to uh, one of the main girls, and it was crazy. I think I just described everything, but I can't wait to see what happens. I'm excited. That is, uh, like I said, the first YouTube Red series I have ever watched. And then 
I started watching uh, Ryan Hansen Solves Crimes on Television, which is a YouTube Red show, oddly enough, and it's uh, it's really funny. It's Ryan Hansen's a very funny guy, and I've liked him since what's it called, Veronica Mars. And then I also started watching Have you? Do you want to see a dead body? <laughs> from rob hubel and that's a, a great show too but i i will not watch anything else that is on youtube red and uh coincidentally youtube red is going to go up in price to and they're changing the name to youtube premium go up in price two dollars to twelve dollars uh but hopefully i can keep my ten dollar price and keep google and play music at the exact same time because they're introducing another way to listen to music as well for youtube music which I think it's called YouTube Music Premium or something like that. It's stupid. I don't understand. Anyway, I'll move on to, uh, I also saw Paddington 2 on the plane. I want to talk about this last week, but I didn't. Uh, I love Paddington 2. It really, it is, it got 100% on Rotten Tomatoes, and I hate agreeing with aggregates, but man, oh man, that is one of the best movies I have seen in my life. Paddington 2 is so well-meaning, just like the first one. The first one's a fantastic film, and this one just ups the ante even more. They're both so well-meaning and so just good-natured and wonderful. That he, Paddington in the movie, he even reformed a couple of criminals, uh, three criminals exactly. Uh, he turned uh, a prison into a great working bakery. <laughs> it's, such, it's such a beautiful film. Uh, it's a Weinstein film too as well. Ooh, bleh. Anyway, it's so good. It's so good. And I really wish that it was recognized more. Yeah, I know it got the hundred and stuff like that, but I wish it was nominated for stuff. Such a good movie. I was nominated for stuff. Let's see. British Academy Film Awards. Okay. Uh, it's only one. All, all the, I think, how much is this? Uh, seven, 12. I can't count. 15 awards <laughs> that it was given. Uh, it won, or it was uh, nominated for, it won a few. Anyway, Paddington 2 is great. Watch it. It's fantastic. I also saw Last Flying Flag on the plane. Uh, oh, first story for Paddington 2. I rented it. The day, I rented it like a day before I was going to fly out. And then I tried to download it the night before I was going to fly out. And then I did. At first of all, I was having trouble downloading on Amazon, and it was not working for me. So then, uh, also, coincidentally, I said, I want to rent this movie. On Saturday night, I said, I want to rent this movie before I fly out. And, I, and it's, I'm already prepared to pay, what, $5 to rent it in HD? And then I look, and it's one of, those, it's one of like five movies that are on sale for rent for $1 on Amazon. What kind of world do we live in where that happens? It's amazing. I wish that happened to me all the time. But, like, you know, with stuff that actually mattered. <laughs> you know, like jobs. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, uh, so I rented it and then I downloaded it. And then on the plane, the first thing I do, I sit down on the plane, I turn on Paddington 2. It doesn't work. The file does not work. I have to wait until I get to California to download it when I get Wi Fi and watch it. It sucked. I hated that part. Anyway, uh, then I saw Last Flying Flag, which is also an Amazon, which is, which is an Amazon movie directed by Richard Linklater. It's uh, and adapted by Linklater and a guy named Daryl Ponixan. He, uh, it's a movie based on a book about um, v- Vietnam War veterans, Steve Carell, Brian Cranston, and Lawrence Fishburne, uh, who are who come back together after Steve Carell's son is killed in the Iraq War. Uh, it's very touching. I and I, I, I mean this all in my heart. I hate movies that are about uh, you know that are just sentimental about the war and stuff like that. But when you get when a movie is so well done, just like Last Fly, Last Flag Flying. I love it. Very good movie. I just had a hiccup. <laughs> I did it right on the mic. So if you turn up your if you turn up your sound, you can hear it. Anyway, it was really wonderful, and I really enjoyed every every last moment in that movie. It's sad. It's funny. It's uh, it's powerful. I don't know if I use that word. I probably did. It's really really good. 
Very good uh, Amazon films. But I got to keep going. Uh, Don Viridian, I started watching that on the plane, too. That's It's very strange. I downloaded that movie <laughs> on uh, from Netflix, and I said, I'm gonna, I don't know what this is, but it's got people I like in it. I'm going to start watching it. Uh, it's a movie about – it's classified as a drama adventure. I don't know about that. <laughs> That's, it's, it's more of a comedy. Uh, directed by Jared Hess, written by Hess and Joshua. I assume his brother, Joshua. What kind of name is that? Jerusha? Are they Jewish? No, they're from Nebraska and Arizona, respectively. I don't care. Anyway, uh, those are guys who did uh, Napoleon Dynamite, Nacho Libre, Gentleman Broncos, uh, and Masterminds. Ugh. Yeah, that explains a lot of things. Anyway, Don Verdian's a, a is a just like Masterminds is an acquired taste, uh, but it's a movie about Sam Rockwell. He plays a guy who um, who tricks people into believing that he found archaeological stuff from the b- biblical archaeological items, and uh, Amy Ryan's in it, Jermaine Clements in it, Danny McBride plays a preacher who is duped by Sam Rockwell's character. Will Forte's in it, Leslie Bibb. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's fine. I haven't seen it all the way through, but I mean, it's, it's all right. I wouldn't say it's one of the best movies out there. <laughs> I'm not even going to get right into it. Uh, also, I, I got, I saw, uh, 47 meters down. Fantastic film. I can't believe that it was overblown like that. I'm not overblown, overlooked. It's, um, it was a uh, star. It stars Mandy Moore and uh, Claire Holt, and they go uh, to on a trip to Mexico after Mandy Moore gets broken up with. That's unimportant. They go to a trip to Mexico. Essentially, they get locked <laughs> underwater. This happens like thirty minutes in. They get locked underwater, and uh, locked underwater. Uh, they're going uh, deep sea diving to see sharks. They get locked underwater, and then they have to try to escape because uh, a school of sharks are swimming around them. Really great. I enjoyed it. Uh, there's a, I don't want to, I don't want to say anything, but it's a, I, I had a good time with it and uh, sharks are scary. It's a, it wasn't a scary movie. It was very tense though. It's, I wouldn't call it, it's a survival horror film. I would just call it a very, it's a, I would say it's a thriller. I wouldn't say it's uh, scary at all. It's, it's very tense, very, and it's very enjoyable. Uh, Claire Holt apparently got first billing top billing she's on the left side of the poster Mandy Moore's on the right side I put Mandy Moore on the left side of all people and then uh, I saw this morning actually today 1130 this morning at AMC I saw Life of the Party uh, with Melissa McCarthy I think it doesn't have the best reviews, but I think it is a, a very enjoyable film. Uh, she and Ben, Miss Melissa, and uh, her husband Ben Falcone wrote it, and he directed it. Uh, I think it was a very she Melissa McCarthy played a very. Is it thundering outside? Oh my god! <laughs> anyway, Melissa McCarthy played a very subdued character in this one. Uh, whereas if you look at their, uh, the pair's last movies, which were Tammy and the boss that they did together, uh, she, Tammy is kind of over the top. And then the boss, uh, straddles the line between going, you know, sane and insane, not going insane, but <laughs> going sane and going insane. Uh, but she straddles the line between both of those. And then for this one, she's very much under the line. She has to pull back a lot of stuff, but there's a lot of great jokes in here. And there's a dance scene at an eighties party that is not, it's very good, but it's not uh, explored enough. <laughs> uh, where Melissa McCarthy dances against a bully, um, but uh, Melissa McCarthy's in it. Gillian Jacobs, uh, Maya, Maya Rudolph, and then uh, Matt Walsh, J- 
Julie Bowen, Stephen Root, Jimmy O. Yang, just uh, Chris Parnell, Heidi Gardner, Christina Aguilera popped up <laughs> for some reason. Not for some reason, but she, she popped up in the last act of the movie. And uh, I mean, yeah, it happened. But it was it's a it's a fine movie. I mean, do you, I mean, what do you expect? It's the first comedy movie this summer, and it's uh, you. Speaking of which. We usually get a Zac Efron flick around this time. Uh, let's see. You usually get a Zac Efron flick uh, with the help of, with the help, <laughs> with the help uh, from the guys who did Neighbors, not Seth. Uh, is it Cohen? Is it Andrew? J- yeah, Andrew Cohen. They taking the year off because they did Neighbors, then Neighbors 2, then Mike and Dave need wedding dates, then The House. They did two in 2016, which was Neighbors 2 and Mike and Dave, and I love those movies. I love every, I have every single one of the Cohen, uh, Cohen and uh, who does he work with? Uh, Brendan O'Brien. Yeah. Brendan O'Brien and Andrew J. Cohen. They both wrote The Neighbors, Neighbors 2, Mike and Dave, and The House. And I love every single one of those films because they're funny and they're enjoyable. And if you expect too much from a comedy, then you're going to get sorely disappointed, which is why Life of the Party was just so great to me like Gillian Jacobs plays one of the sorority sisters in uh, the movie and and Elizabeth McCarthy goes oh she looks older than all of you she goes oh, I was in a coma for eight years that's that's the crux of the joke and she's famous because she's not famous but she's Twitter famous and Instagram famous because she has she was in a coma and she survived she's a medical marvel and people love her and everything and I just I love that so much and it's uh, it's a lot of good jokes in there Zach Efron was on Robot Chicken very cool he was also running wild with Bear Grylls, which is I'm amazed with how they can they can get some of the biggest people, not including President Obama, but they can get some of the biggest people. Michael B. Jordan, Kate Hudson, Kate Winslet, Channing Tatum, Ben Stiller. How do you get how do you land these people for a network show uh, in the wilderness set in the wilderness? That's insane to me. But everybody likes Bear Grylls. But uh, if we find out anything that he did something to some some women. <laughs> Then boy, oh boy, will he be. Sterling <laughs> K. Brown, Shaquille O'Neal. I think Shaq's down to do anything. I'm pretty sure he would be. He's a cop. He's a sheriff. Uh, okay, and then uh, Courtney Barnett is, uh, she put out an album this week. And I, I just need to find the title. I'm sorry. I feel so bad because I just listened to the album today. Uh, Courtney Barnett's album, Tell Me How You Really Feel, is uh, enjoyable. It's really good. Uh, I made the issue, I made the mistake of, or rather than, uh, I made the mistake of actually reading the review from on the AV Club before I, or skimming through most of it, I didn't read it, uh, skimming through most of it uh, because uh, I'm a cynic and I wanted to see how the thing turned out, how the album turned out. And you know what, they, whoever reviewed it gave it a C or C minus, something like that. Uh, that's my issue. I should not have done that. They give it a C. I should have. Uh, let's see who wrote the review. It was uh, Annie Zaleski. I remember. I remember reading the review, seeing the C, and then going, "Who wrote this?" Annie Zaleski, and that name stuck out to me. I remember that. I very much remember that. No, uh, it's a very. And she gave it a C. Uh, but you know, all the other reviews are, are good, whatever. But anyway, it's a nice ten, uh, ten song long, ten song, ten song. Is that is that how you say it? 
10, there's 10 songs on it. It's very good. Uh, I enjoyed it. Uh, there's a lot of good stuff in there. Uh, track number six, I'm not your mother. I'm not your uh, female dog is very, <laughs> they replace the last two words with the uh, common word. Uh, it's very good. And then uh, this opening song, hopefulness is very good. Charity is uh, wonderful. Nameless faces, Faceless is also very engaging. Sunday Roast is a great closer. It's only 37 minutes long. It's very short. Uh, I would agree with Annie over at the AV Club. She did say it wasn't as um, she didn't. She did say it wasn't as um, electric. That's not the word she used, but electric and upbeat and punk as the last album, which was uh, a lot of not a lot of sea lice. You idiot! What's the album before that? The album for that, Sometimes I Sit and Think and Sometimes I Just Sit. That's a, that's one of the best albums I've heard in my life. I really like that album. One of the best albums I've heard in my life. I just love it so much. My life, 20, 25 years on this planet. That's <laughs> one of the best albums i heard in my life. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a wonderful album. You should check it out. A lot of Sea Lice is good too. Courtney Barnett's just a fantastic artist. And I really enjoy her. Uh, her and Lucy Degas. I was also listening to the All Songs Considered and uh, on uh, from NPR, and they they seem to enjoy it. The Friday show, the Friday mix show, the one that just recently came out. So check it out; it's wonderful. Okay, now we can get into the meat of what I wanted to talk. Oh, Jesus! Sorry, <laughs> I, I meant to record Flash. <laughs> it's eight oh six. I'm recording this. It's another late record for this stupid show. But I want to talk about um, something that happened. Uh, for rest development over there on the Netflix channel. Uh, so here's here's what happens. So a couple years ago, I think in 2016 or 15, it doesn't matter. Netflix and um, Mitchell, Mike Hurwitz, Mitchell Hurwitz, <laughs> Mike Hurwitz. I don't know the guy's name. Uh, let's see, Hurwitz, Hurwitz, Hurwitz. In a recent post on social media, Mitchell Hurwitz. It's Mitch Hurwitz. Okay, so anyway, he tweeted out a picture earlier in May, uh, about 21 days ago at this point, <laughs> that said he was going to release, uh, he was going to re-edit season four of um, Arrested Development that came out in 2016. So he's going to, so he did this for a couple of reasons. Uh, once the deal with Netflix is up, they are going to, they, uh, I think Netflix owns the rights outright. I think they bought them from under uh, Fox years ago. When they, of course, made the first season six or season four. So the original season four was like 15 episodes uh, and each episode followed one character. And sometimes the other characters appeared, but it was each one character. Mitch, Mitchell Hurwitz, uh, Mitch Hurwitz, Mitchell, like I know, Hurwitz uh, re-edited the entire season into 22 episodes for syndication rights because Netflix is going to syndicate the show in a couple of years around the world, uh, obviously. So that's why you want a full order of 22 episodes. And now uh, now each episode you know, has extra time in it, and not extra time, extra scenes in it that weren't that original on the cutting room floor and this and that and blah, blah, blah. Uh, turns out the new season is not good. <laughs> it's not I mean not good, not good as in not good. Uh, it's not entirely, it's not the best season of Rest of Development. And, and there's a lot of narration, at least for the early episodes. I'm only on episode four. Uh, there's a lot of narration from Ron Howard that is saying, Hey, remember this, remember this, remember this. And it's stuff that paid off because you, for, for the original edit of the season, 15 episode season, you'd have to, the episodes were like 30 something minutes long, which is too long again for a comedy, uh, for a comedy on TV show. But you, you had to watch each episode and then jokes would eventually pay off down the line of the season. 
but when they but now with these 22 episodes for season four it's very every joke is it, it pays off in like a minute and it's it kind of admittedly kind of stinks uh and a lot of people agree with that and it's just um it's not it's not entire it's not really fulfilling to watch that you know whereas the first seasons were just these monolithic episodes of television that really that did justice for each other um but the issue is the cast wanted extra dough for these recut episodes uh and when you really get into the nitty-gritty of it it makes sense so uh jason bateman will Arnett, michael Sarah, and david cross asked for extra money after Hurwitz and uh, 20th Century Fox re-edited the episodes. And then uh, just because they wanted to, A, provide, to to get this uh, syndication deal for the series, and then they also wanted to get new fans. This is all from Hollywood Reporter. Uh, Arrested Development, pay dispute, erupts over recut episodes. It's an exclusive. <laughs> so, um, so the episodes uh the season's not that entirely great in the first place <laughs> you know even when it came out in 2016 but uh he added herwitz added a few minutes of stuff like i said earlier uh and then each episode is 22 minutes long so that c- they can be sold in bulk you know uh but so here's what happens so uh, here's a, according to sources most of the cast um were they were paid $100,000 for each of their standalone episodes so if michael Sarah was had two standalone episodes, he had two hundred thousand dollars. You know, Jeffrey Tambor, if he had one, he had one hundred thousand dollars. If Bateman had three, he had three hundred thousand dollars. Obviously, that's math. <laughs> Fifty thousand for each installment where they had a little screen time, which is like one or two scenes, uh, and then or I seem like, you know, a few scenes because then uh, they had twenty five thousand for ones in which they barely appeared. Uh, so, you know, you could make they probably each made a decent chunk of change for appearing in four or five episodes each. So uh, reps for the cast have asked for additional fees to correspond with additional episodes, but 20th has balked, uh, arguing that it has the right to re-edit the existing episodes that have already aired however it chooses without paying the actors more, which is total bullcrap. There's season, so now that brings, instead of the 15 episodes, also, uh, including the recut season, Arrested Development now has 75 episodes which is getting it closer to the hundreds that it needs to um, be syndicated for. Uh, for a cartoon to be syndicated, it has to be 52 episodes. And that's why a lot of the se- cartoons in the early 90s and early 2000s have only 52 episodes for syndication rights. Uh, so once the May, 19, May, May 29th episodes appear, oh, it's next week. Uh, though That consists of, what, 17 episodes, apparently? That's what happened. In, that's what they said in 2015. But 17 episodes, that's uh, very close to the 100. Uh, but yeah, this is a, it's a very interesting uh, issue because they you really should get more money for these scenes that were not shown by any other party. No one ever no one has seen these uh, before, and it, it doesn't make sense for somebody to. Uh, Mitch Hurwitz, particularly, to get paid because he spent a year re-editing episodes that no one really thought should be re-edited. It's kind of like if I, if I, uh, if I did a project, if I wrote a paper in college, and then <laughs> two years later, I said I need that A, even though I'm graduated. I need that A. I go back to to the professor. And I go, listen, listen, listen. I 
that paper, that six page paper, I made it into a 15 page paper. And I need you to look at it again. Spend your time looking at it. And I need you to give me a higher grade. <laughs> That's so crazy, Mitch Hurwitz. How, how could you do that? And who was asking for this? Who said, obviously, the season wasn't as well uh, accepted. Accepted? It wasn't, it wasn't as much loved as the first three seasons when it was on a broadcast. But why would, you, who, why would you go out of your way and say, okay, you know what? I don't feel that this is good. I mean, obviously, you know, for Lord of the Rings, I'm looking at Lord of the Rings right now. Uh, it was if it was recut, I assume those people at least got a little bit of change. That were it was the extended edition, so it wasn't even recut. Like this guy came in, chopped up these episodes, and I understand he owns it, but it doesn't make it's it's not fair for everybody else. And twentieth is just being rude about this, man. Twentieth is not good. I mean, I would love to, I would love for them to give me a show. But 20 is not good. Uh, <laughs> uh, this reminds me of, I did an episode of News Time uh, years ago when it was still bad. Because I think it's obviously good now. <laughs> but when it was still bad, uh, Sony wanted to recut rated R movies for families. And I'm going to look that up. I should have been looking that up now. Recuts R rated. It's it's better that I type this out. Uh, movies <laughs> for families i could have copied and pasted it, but i'm typing it like an idiot uh let's see all right so here's the article from screen crush this happened last year not even years ago this happened last year in june 2017 uh they so here's the thing uh, oh boy all right so it was called sony's clean version they wanted to take out all the bad stuff all the, the quote-unquote mature content and uh like swears and the intense moments and then make it suitable for families <laughs> so stupid uh let's see so so the so the initial thing included two dozen movies like Moneyball and crouching tiger hidden dragon <laughs> like i'm gonna watch i would show my child Moneyball right now if i had a child i got i don't have a child Ugh. Oh, please. Women, if you're listening and we have had sex, uh, boy, I hope I don't have a job. <laughs> uh, <laughs> shut up, chat. Um, let's see. 51st Dates, Battle of the Year, Big Daddy, Captain Phillips. What is bad in Captain Phillips? The people, Easy A. Why would you show your child Easy First of all, I would show my child Easy A because that's PG-13. Second, I can't remember anything bad in that movie because that's a wonderful movie, though. Elysium, Crouching Tiger, uh, Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters 2. No, I would show my three-year-old Ghostbusters. Goosebumps, what? Grown Ups, Grown Ups 2. Those are children's movies. Hancock, Inferno, Moneyball, Pixels, Spider-Man 1, 2, and 3, Amazing Spider-Man 1 and 2, Step Brothers, Talladega Nights, White House Down. Okay, I mean, I would... I would show my child all of this. Uh, it's, I don't understand what the appeal of this would be. Uh, Seth Rogen came out and uh, said, like pretty quickly, and said no. <laughs> uh, he said, uh, "Holy moly, <laughs> please don't do this to our movies. Thanks. Uh, nobody wants this." Apparently, they didn't even go to to the directors. I remember, I remember that part of the story. They they didn't even go to the directors and ask. They just said, "Hey, we're gonna do this. This is gonna be great." That is a bad way to make extra money. Like, what if? On <laughs> you go to you go to your Walmart and you see uh in the in the DVD section you see a DVD version of Talladega Nights you see a Blu-ray version of Talladega Nights you see a 4K version of Talladega Nights and then you see a children's version of Talladega Nights. Why would you? Who? Nah, it's it's insane to me. 
Oh, man. Then we find out that Fox cancels all those shows, canceled all those shows because of uh, they wanted more football. That's stupid. I'm going to I mean, L.A. to Vegas was canceled today, and I, I finished the season last, uh, yeah, last week, a few days ago, and I thought it was fine. But, man, that sucks. L.A. to Vegas was canceled. A lot of good people on that show. Kim Matula, David Duchovny. All right, I've been talking for a minute, so I'm probably going to hang up now. How long has it been? 28 minutes. Uh, if you like this, you can always head to the website, cpluscomedy.com. we got the latest names review. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, I don't even use, I'm not supposed to use that closer anymore because I don't use that because I don't have write news or reviews in a long time. Uh, and also I said names or reviews. Uh, if you like this, you can also always head to the website, cpluscomedy.com, where I guess <laughs> there's some stuff. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Seedless Comedy. Follow me on Twitter at Chat Black White. Like us on Facebook. Go to the webpage, youtube.com slash Seedless Comedy. It's where our premiere show, News Time, is, which is a wonderful show, a weekly news program that I do. It's about entertainment business and things surrounding it, things surrounding the entertainment business. Uh, so, yeah, this week's episode is about Pop TV and how it dominated at the upfronts and no one noticed. Pop TV is a network that is owned by CBS and Lionsgate. It's a it's got a lot of cool shows, a lot of forward thinking shows. It's like Freeform, but for deep cable. So check it out. Check out the episode of News Time. I think I did a good job. And uh, yeah, there you go. All right, thanks for listening. Bye.